Hello, everybody, and welcome to Winning the Week. This is Kylie Gatewood. I'm here with my good friend, Shannon. Hey, hey. And uh, you don't hear the regular rolling music today. We're doing something a little different. like, what is going on? ASMR? No. We're not trying to put you to sleep right now. What we are trying to do is, I think what the the will of the Lord is for this week on Winning the Week is to teach you how to practice the presence of God. How do I do it? People say do it. People say, you know, you just have to have this one life where he's involved in everything you do and you are, you know, living in this world, but you're not of it. And that sounds all nice and great and sometimes even religious. (laughs) But how do you cultivate and live in the presence of God all the time. Right. And so that's what this episode is about. And uh, we just thought, you know, with some peaceful music and as we go through the word together uh, and teaching you and endeavoring to teach you to do this, live this one life, um, that if you're in the car line right now in a chaotic situation or maybe you're taking a walk, maybe you're a mom or maybe you just had a fight with your spouse or... No matter what the situation is that you're living in right now, I want you to know that there has been a price that was paid so that you could be engrafted in the vine, the vine Jesus. And he has made a place for you to abide in him. Is it prayer? I believe that prayer is a lot more than what we think it is I believe we can live a life of prayer I think prayer is communication it's communication so if I go about my day and I'm speaking to my father I'm communicating with him you're talking to him it's just like if I was in the military every morning I have to go to my commanders and get the orders for the day they do it every day so they know what they're doing for that day. And every morning I go to my father and ask him what's on his heart today. What does he want? What does he have for me today? What can I do for him? So much of, I think we go as what can we get? I need, I need, I need. But going to him with, what can I do for you today? Yeah. How can I help you facilitate your plan on this earth? Yes. And, you know, in the word where it says, I live and I move and I have my being in him. What does that even mean? Right. If, but for me, I'm moving about all day long, doing different things. So for me, he's with me. Yes. The word says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. So he's with me, so if I'm wanting to invite him, if I'm wanting to entreat him, if I'm wanting him to be a part of my day where I'm living and I'm moving and I'm having my being in him, then I'm going to talk to him. Yes. All day long, just like I'm talking to you right now, just like if I was going to talk to my friend on the phone. Um, And I'm going to not go to him thinking I know everything. That's good. 
I'm going to go to him and say, Hey, Holy Spirit, you see that pile of laundry over there? Right. I need to do that, but I want you to do it with me. Yeah. And as I go to do laundry, and you could just say, well, that's so natural. Everybody knows how to do laundry. But yeah, he might have a, a way for me to do it that takes me half the time. So as I go to do the laundry, Holy Spirit, come on. Yeah. Let's go do laundry. And as I'm doing the laundry, I'm acknowledging his presence. You're here with me right now. Yes. You're here with me. What do you hear the Father saying? Yeah. What's he speaking to you right now? Because your word says... That you only do what you hear him do. So what do you hear him doing right now? What okay. do you hear him saying? And his his job, the Holy Spirit's job, is to reveal and trans, transmit and disclose yes. the mind of the Father. You know, um, my mom, I remember such a vivid memory of my mom having the book, Practicing the Presence of God. Um, kind of like jerry-rigged <laughs> open above the, the kitchen sink. It had food stains on it. It had different parts where water had been all over it. But it was something that she fed on quite a bit. And um, I was just reading some parts of it because, you know, Shannon and I were talking about before we, we turned on the recorder today, we were talking about how people, you know, told us how that we should do this early on, but we, we didn't know how. And brother Lawrence, one of the things he said, whenever uh, asked um, how he had the state of presence, how he was in what he called the presence on a continual basis. And he said, and this is old English vernacular, so you'll just have to, we'll, we'll work through it together. But he said that we should establish ourselves in a sense of God's presence by continually conversating with him. Yes. That is, that it was a shameful thing to quit his conversation to think of trifles or fooleries. That we should feed and nourish our soul with high notions of God which would yield us great joy in being devoted to him. So he says, you get there, you get into the presence by just talking to him. Exactly what you were just saying. Absolutely. So a lot of people are like, well, how do I start? Mm Hi. Hi. Hi, God. Hi, Holy Spirit. How you doing? He's my friend. We we got quite the day today, don't we? The, the word of God says he knows your, your, your goings. He knows your uprising. He knows it all. Uh, Mark Hankins said you can never take a vacation from your prayer life. And I think a lot of people think that of that, of your life of intercession. Oh, you know, every day you have to have so many minutes of interceding and praying. And, you know, my mom used to set a timer for us to pray in tongues as a kid, which I don't think is wrong. I mean, I think you, as a parent, that's part of your responsibility, but it's much right. more than that. Right. It's not a time. It's not a thing on your docket. It's your life of prayer, talking to him. Talking to him. Fellowshipping. Fellowshipping with Your him. relationship with him. He's our partner in this life. And he has every answer. He has every solution. He does know 
my rising up and my laying down, my going out and my coming in. And because he does, he has the strategies that I need to do everything I need to do that day. And his strategies are efficient. Yes, they are. And they're, they come with grace and ease. And so as I go about my day, I'm conversing with him. I'm asking him, hey, what do you think about that? Hey, mm-hmm. uh, how would you do that? Hey, I need to do this. Is there, what's the best way for me to do it? And, you know, uh, one of the people that I, I really want to talk to when I get to heaven is George Washington Carver. And um, he would go out in, in um, God's Little Workshops, what he called it. Yeah. And he would just ask God, hey, uh, can you show me what this peanut will do? Right. Why you created the peanut? And I believe it was like 300 inventions came out of the peanut and then he did the same thing with the sweet potato and this may sound really basic but I think religion has complicated our relationship with God I think so too when the word says come unto him as a little child if you have children they don't come to you with a speech that has all, all the $20 words in it and all the fancy things, usually you're having to correct them, their speech, as they're speaking to you because it's just as a little child. Right. And they come to you full of faith knowing that you have the answer that they're going to ask you the question to. And so that's what I do. I just go to him like, hey, Papa, yeah, what about this? Right. Can, will you help me with this? I'm having this thing, and I don't know what to do, but I know you do. And it's that simple. He's person, Holy Spirit. He's not far away, uh, you know, thing or blob or he's person. He's, person. he's the person, Holy Spirit. And he loves to be entreated. Yeah. He loves for you to come to him and inquire yeah it's so important and I don't there's nothing that he doesn't want you to inquire of not a thing he's standing by he's the standby which is what reminds me of a verse in Proverbs chapter 3 that we all know pretty well in all your ways acknowledge him King James says and he'll direct your path listen to it in the passion Become intimate with him in whatever you do. Whatever you do. And he will lead you wherever you go. So what's happening here? Here's the great exchange. You're inviting him into your space. In your laundry. In your work. In your... every The, the most seemingly mundane thing when you become intimate with him in that space by inviting him in how did brother lawrence say we invite him in we invite him in by just talking to him then what he what does he do comes he comes and he will lead you wherever you go king says he'll direct your path he'll actually just come conversating with him and inviting him into your space and what you're doing at that time 
will make life easier on you because he's going to direct you into the path that is the highest and the best. That's where I think, though, when the word talks about the unforced rhythms of his grace. Yes. Sweatless victories. Sweatless victories. That's that's where those come out of is the intimacy with him. And I just happened to, I'm glad you brought that up because I just happened to look at the definition of intimacy. And this is out of the Webster's 1828, but it says close familiarity or fellowship, nearness and friendship. He's my friend. He's my friend. And I talk to him like my friend. Didn't you say that you thought of him as this big guy creator and you weren't good enough or whatever? Right. I mean, let's just let's be real here for just a moment. Like he's the creator. He's the breather of life. He's the almighty. How do I come to the one who's created everything that I see and everything that I don't? As as this person, how do I come to you, the the big God? But I come to him as a friend. If you if you look at it that way, he's my friend and I'm going to speak to him just like I'm speaking to you right now, Kylie, you're my friend and I never have a problem coming to you and talking to you. Right. But see, I've become familiar with you by talking to you, by spending time with you. So if you want to know him more, then you talk to him. If you want to get to know somebody, what do you do? You you ask them questions. You talk to them. You uh, get close to them. And how do we do that? One way is the word. Yeah. If you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, uh, John 14, 15, and 16 live in those scriptures and it tells Jesus tells you exactly who the Holy Spirit is what he does it, it's lined out beautifully in those scriptures and uh, it helped me so much to to live out of those when I was because I, I grew up in a denomination that never mentioned the Holy Spirit there was God and Jesus but the Holy Spirit was never uh, spoke of so when I when I got filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence speaking in tongues I didn't know who he was and I had to get to know him, or I got to get to know him, and those are the places that I found him, especially John 14. Yes, I, I, which is all marked up right here. I have right. it open up. Absolutely. But what the uh, apostle tells us, come boldly before the throne of grace. Right. Well, how can we come boldly? Right. We can access boldly because of the blood of Jesus. So if you're sitting wherever you're sitting or standing or walking or running, wherever you're doing today, And you're like, I don't feel worthy. First of all, you have to know who you are. First of all, you have to know that you could have a relationship with the Father because of what Jesus did, not because of what you did. We'll never be good enough. I was talking to someone late last night who's dealing with some relationship stuff. And he he said to me, he's like, I'm not good enough. And I said, we'll never be good enough by ourselves. But guess what? We don't have to live in that peace. We get to live in the peace. I can come boldly to the Father, the throne of grace, where I can obtain mercy and help in the time of need because of the blood that was shed for me. So why can I invite the Holy Spirit into my space, into, and not my space, like, you know, the social media. I can invite him into my every day, the daily, the daily, the washing of the toilet, the all, all the lowest seemingly of the low because of the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. 
And the and the, what? Why does the enemy want to make you feel unworthy to do that? So you won't. So you won't do it. So you won't. So you won't do it. John fifteen and verse. Well, I'll just start at verse one because it's also it's good. so good. John fifteen verse one in the Passion Translation. I'm the true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. Side note, down here in the commentary, it says the Greek phrase can also be translated this. Oh, guys. He takes up to himself, and I see like a mom picking up a child. He takes up to himself every fruitless branch. He doesn't remove those branches, but he takes them to himself. As the wise and loving farmer, he lifts them up off the ground to enhance their growth. In context, Christ's endless love for his disciples on the last day of his life on earth seemed to emphasize God's love even for those who were far and the ones who failed and disappointed him. Wait, not to interrupt you because it was so good, but it just reminds me that, see, that's proof right there that there is nothing that's not valuable to him. Nothing. What would people see? Some dead shriveled up thing. A, a shriveled up fruitless branch. There's no worth here. But God sees the worth. He sees the value. Oh, and that's what it's talking that's about. That's what right it's there. talking about. So so you'd be like, well, I'm not fruitful in that area. Guess what? Ooh. He's not casting that part away. No, he's going to. He's drawing it. you into himself. And what is that? Intimacy. Intimacy. Yeah. The union. The, the union. oneness. It says right here. Peter's denial didn't bring rejection from Jesus. Newsflash. How many people how many Ooh. times have you heard people knock Peter right there? Oh, he denied him. Peter's denial didn't bring rejection from Jesus. Think about that. The the word says that before the foundations of the world, he appointed us. He anointed us. He loved us. He accepted us. Once you're accepted by God, he doesn't go back. He's accepted you already. It's us. Nothing can separate you. Nothing. Not one thing. I don't care what you've done. I believe the one thing that can make you think you're separated is the devil lying to you and telling you that you're separated. When actually... You're not separated. You're not. And as you commune with him, like Brother Lawrence said, as you talk to him, like you said, as you open that door of communication with just, I mean, it doesn't have to be, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. No, it's not that. Nope. It's, Father, I I, I need help with this. Father, I lost my keys. Can you remind me where my keys are? And you know what? He'll do it. And it says that, he will put you in remembrance of all the things that Jesus said. 
So sometimes I think people will think, well, I, I could never tell somebody or I could never share something because I won't remember. No, no, no. It's his job. It's his job. To bring scriptures and things to your remembrance. He's our helper. Oh, so good. Continuing on in John chapter 15, uh, verse 5. I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from you. (laughs) But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. This is why we have burnout people. We have burnout mothers, burnout fathers, burnout um, folks, because they are trying to live a life separated from the father. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in what we're here again, the life union with me. And if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. This is also where frustration comes in, where people say, well, God doesn't answer my prayers. Um, I was looking this up earlier. In the Weiss translation, it says, if you maintain a living communion with me and my words are at home in you, I will command you to ask at once for something for yourself, whatever you desire, and it will become yours. Who command? He, he wants you. He is begging you at that point. Ask me, ask me, ask me, ask me, ask me. But what's the qualifier? The qualifier is you're in that intimacy with him. So, so, so many people are like, I've been believing God for something. I've really been, you know, like praying about this and I haven't seen the manifestation. And all he's saying is, baby, come to me. Let's, let's get that worked out so that you and I'm a part of your everyday. We're in life union with one another. Then I'm saying, ask me, ask me, ask Ask me, me. ask me. And it'll be done then to you. Some people haven't come to him because he hasn't answered their prayers. And he said, come to me and I will answer your prayers. Right. Let's talk about coming to him what's the word peter stepped out of the boat on come come and in another part come unto me all those who are weary he's always entreating us and and asking us to come come to me come to me and I, you know what you just read that reminds me in galatians two twenty. and listen somebody out there right now is going oh i know that the moment you say you know that, <laughs> they're like they just swallow their words right now wherever they are. <laughs> we we don't know. You I don't want to approach the word. Oh, I've I've heard that so and so preached that a thousand times. No, every day it's fresh to me because he could show me something today that I've never seen. Shannon, in that so scripture. Good. So Galatians two twenty. I'm going to read it without my glasses. Praise the Lord. Because you've been crying this whole time. That's right. Uh, my old I and this is in the passion. My old identity has been crucified, co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. It's gone. It's gone. So many people need to understand that. Ooh, I'm crying. Just that right there. And now, right now, the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me, and we live in union as one. As one. As one. I'm in you and you're in me. 
This is how I come to him sometimes. I'm in you and you're in me. We are one. I'm your body, you're the head. In John chapter 15 and verse 9, it says, I have loved each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually. Is that sometimes? No. Is that only in your Bible study time? No. No. You must continually let my love nourish your heart. You know, I talked to him about his love for me. And when I, a lot of times when I come to him. Don't mind my sniffing. Gosh. All you people out there in the, in the land. I'm telling you, he's here. But we, what happens is when you talk about him. Yes. He comes. And he is, his presence is so thick in, in the room that we're in right now that it's almost, I mean, I've had to take several pauses where I just, because I'm choked up. But. Talking about his love, I tell him often, daily, your love is perfect for me. Your love is perfect for me. Yes. You love me perfectly. And your perfect love casts out all the fear. All fear. I wrap myself in his love. And it's perfect. And it's perfect. Brother Lawrence said another part. He said, in order to form a habit of conversating with God continually and referring all we do to him, we must first apply to him with some diligence. So it takes an effort yes. at first. Not, not hard, just reminding yourself to do it, right? right? But then he said, but after a little care, we should find his love inwardly exciting to us without any difficulty at all. The creator easily wants to commune with us. He he longs. He longs for it. And teaching our babies in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. You know, it, let's talk about this for a second because I, I think, you know, um, some people might be like, well, I just want to sit in his presence all day long. And, and who doesn't? That's, right, right. that's wonderful. Let's turn on the soaking music and yes. go. But it's not reality. We have work to do. We have things to do. We ha- we, we're raising our children. We're, we're cooking dinners and doing all the things. However, we're still, we don't have to be in a closet locked away somewhere. No, this is, this is life. Because he's right there with me, as close as my breath. And at any moment, I can entreat him, and he comes. And I was thinking about Psalms 139.16 that says, um, one moment here, let me. While you're going to that one, I'll read this one. Don't lose it. My purpose for telling you these things is that so your joy will be full that I experience will fill your hearts 
with overflowing gladness. Why do we commune with him? So we can be happy. He wants to, he told us that we could so that he can bring us happiness. Guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the cure for depression. Right. This is the cure for anxiety. His presence changes everything. It changes everything. Um, Psalms 139, 16, and, and again out of the Passion, um, it says, You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of my days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Yes, in the book. In the mornings. God, I thank you that this day goes according to how you have it written for me in your book. In your book. And that can be a decree that no matter what, I decree and declare this day goes according to the way that you have it written for me. He knows who you were before you know who you were. And if I go to him, he knows everything about me. My strengths, my weaknesses, my faults. He knows it all and he loves it all. And loves me through it all. Loves me through it all. And he can tell me how to get past the things that I think are the most unlovable things about me. Yeah. He's just saying, give it to me. Give it to me. And let me say this about this one life. What do you mean by one life? We have, okay, so so here's, I think, what happens to some people. And I completely understand it because before I knew there was one life, I kind of had this compartmentalized life. And what does that mean? So for some of us, we have our church life. We have our work life. We have our family life. We have all these different aspects of our life compartmentalized into these little spaces or boxes. But really, there's one life. And I live and move and have my being in Him. So, in this one life. And everything has been written in the book. What does that mean? My career. Me being a mother, me being minister, me being head of my household, whatever it is, it was written in the book. So that means in this one life, no matter what I do, whether I'm washing the dishes, whether I'm mowing the yard, whether I'm at my job, whether I am making dinner, it is all contributing to the plan of God for my life. Every time I change the diaper for, for one of my kids. Every time I nursed them, every time I made a bottle, every time I rocked them to sleep in the middle of the night, it was all contributing to the plan of God. It's not separate. Every part of our life is that one life. So you can't just say, oh, I just want to be with him all the time. You are. Even when you're changing the diaper, you're with him. 
even when you're doing the things that you really don't want to do, he's like, ah, oh, it's okay. It's contributing to my plan. Because what's the word say that we do everything to his glory? To his glory. First Corinthians 10. So every time, no matter what I do, eat, drink, whatever you do, whatever I do, it's for his glory. Brother Lawrence uh, was a monk. And his job was in the kitchen. And it said, so likewise in his business in the kitchen, which he had naturally a great aversion to, he didn't like it at all. Hmm. Having accustomed himself to do everything there for the love of God and with prayer, with prayer communication, upon all occasions, he found it easy. He didn't like it. But because he tapped in, and did it with the father it was easy during 15 years that he had been employed there with him set times of prayer were not different from any other times that he retired to pray according to the directions of his superior but that he did not want such retirement nor ask for it Because his greatest business did not divert him from God. So it wasn't just what he set aside. Whatever business he had to do, he was never diverted. All day long. All day long. It's not like we go to the prayer closet and get in his presence and then we leave it when we come out. It's like Brother Lawrence, all day he cultivated the presence of God. Because he decided that no matter what I do, whether I like it or not, I'm going to do it all for his glory. And like you said, the ease came. And it reminds me in Acts 2.28, it says, You have made known to me the ways of life. Yeah. You will enrapture me, diffusing my soul with joy, with and in your presence. Diffusing... You think about a diffuser, kind of a hot thing right now, but it's a it's like it distributes. It distributes a smell into an area. So this says diffusing my soul with joy. Yeah. Which is what he said in John 15 when he said, my purpose in telling you all this, that I'm the vine, you're the branches, we're in communion, we're in life union. The reason I'm telling you these things is so that your joy may be full. Your joy. Let's just speak to that mama that's up at 2 o'clock in the morning that's exhausted. Listen, that's just going, I just need some help. I'm so tired. I don't know what to do. This says... In his presence. Another translation says, in his presence, there's the fullness of joy. In his presence. So as you're doing that thing, whatever it is, you can step into his presence just as easy as you open your mouth. God, I may not feel you right now. You feel a million miles away to me. But your word says that you're here with me right now. Your word says that you would never leave me nor forsake me. So I'm coming to you right now. And listen, be real with him. He wants you to be real. 
Father, I'm tired. Father, I need help. I don't know how to keep doing this. I need help. He's the helper. It says right here, with and in your presence is the diffusing your soul with joy. What's your soul? Your mind, will, and emotions. He's the diffuser. In his presence is the fullness of joy. It's the coming to him. Yes. The coming into his presence. Yes. Just by acknowledging he's there. He's here right now. He's here right now. And I believe he's infusing whatever space you're in. Brother Lawrence prayed this prayer when he had to do earthy things. Oh my God. Since thou art with me. And I must now, in obedience to thy commands, apply my mind to these outward things. I beseech thee to grant me the grace to continue in your presence. What's that doing? That's keeping his spiritual antenna up. He's connected. And to this end, do thou prosper me with thy assistance. So you're going to help me. I have to apply myself, but with your grace, you are going to... Prosper me with your assistance. Receive all of my works and possess all my affection. I love that. All my affection. I'd like to take that Englishy prayer and make it, old English prayer, make it just, God, since you're with me, and I must now, in obedience to what you've told me to do, apply my mind to these outward things. I ask you, grant me the grace to continue in your presence. And to this, prosper me with your assistance. Help me receive my works as I paddle, pa- paddle, paddle. Oh, yes. We're, yeah, we do as have you, to paddle. We do have we, to we paddle. We do have to do that. As I paddle or powder <laughs> this bottom. Receive my works. And possess all my affection. Jesus said, I can do nothing apart from you. What was he doing? Just like Brother Lawrence right there in that prayer, he was positioning himself to receive aid. To receive the help that he needed. How much more us? How much more us? By How much more us? the communication, by that coming to him, we're positioning ourselves. And Jeremiah 33, 3, he says, call on me. And I'll answer you. It doesn't say call on me when you get your theology degree. Or when you've read three chapters. Call on me after two hours of prayer. Call on me when you memorize the Bible. It doesn't say any of that. No. Because he's not religious. Not only does he answer... Promised he'd answer, mm-hmm. but not only does he answer, he's gonna give you a bonus, and I'm gonna show you 
great things. The TLB translation says, Ask me, and I'll tell you some remarkable secrets. Our daughters are best friends, Shannon and my. And they love to tell each other secrets. They love to have just the little inside jokes that they can laugh at nobody else knows. I almost see God. Don't strike me down. He said we should come to him as a little child. I almost see him like that with us too. Like, hey, 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 hey. Hi, I'm God. I made you. I'm the creator of the universe. I love you. I gave you my name. I gave, and I would really, 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 really like it if you would call on me so I could give you my secrets. So I can call you friend. So you don't have to do this life by yourself. You're not alone. Single mama, you're not alone. Mother of a sick child, you're not alone. And in this communion with him, he says, ask what you will and it shall be done. And I believe that your baby will be made whole. Person who doesn't know what to do in a career path. He says, I'll reveal the secrets and in all, my, all your ways you just acknowledge me. And I'll direct you in the way you should go. You know what this is, Shannon? This is the secret place. This is the secret place. It's under the shadow of his wing. It's where we abide. We take refuge. It's the safest place I know. It's the, it's the only place of safety. Because it's the center of his will. And when the center of his will is the greatest place of safety. I'm going to speak to some people right now that maybe you've been through some things in your life where you didn't feel safe and I'm speaking to you out of experience I spent the better part of my life not feeling safe feeling like I had to protect myself Spit most of it in survival mode. Maybe you can identify with that. And because of that, difficult for me to trust people. I was always looking for a way and out, like if I had to get out of a situation quick, quickly, I'd already came up with a way in my mind, went through every scenario to protect myself. However, when I met the Father, I was introduced to the Holy Spirit. And He began to reveal to me how much He loved me. was at that place for the first time in my life I felt safe 
where I could come to him. And lay out all the stuff, the good, bad, and the ugly, before him. And he accepted it all. He never talked back to me and said, you know, when you get cleaned up, come to me then. Because I know a lot of people are saying, yeah, I'll come to church once I'm cleaned up. I'll seek the Lord once I'm cleaned up. He's not saying that. Come to me as you are right now where you're accepted, you're loved. And that's what he said to me. So I'm just saying, if you're, if you found yourself in that place that you can come to him and you can find safety and you can find rest and you can come to the place where you don't have to protect yourself anymore. He's your protector. And he'll heal you every place you hurt. And every place somebody hurt you, he'll heal you. This is the place <laughs> where he erases all your fears because he holds you near. My child, he holds you near. This is a place uh, where you can experience the full measure of his grace. This is an every day, every moment, cultivating presence of the Most High God. Go ahead. You might be wondering, we've said a lot, but you still might be wondering, yeah, but how do I do it? How do I practice his presence? How do I come to him? 
And so maybe it'd just be a good time for us to kind of invite him into our room. What we do. I know I never really knew I could come to him that way. Until somebody demonstrated how they come to him and how they come into his presence. And it absolutely changed my life. And Kylie and I have talked about it. How a lot of people, they tell you about it and they say, you know, you got to get into his presence. You got to cultivate his presence. You got to do this or that. But I've only seen one person in my lifetime that demonstrated it and absolutely marked me and changed my life. And it changed the way I. I come to him. And so I just think it would be good if we if we did that right now. So kind of give you a little glimpse into what we do. We don't do this. I don't even know what we're going to do, but because it's different every time. I'm not saying this is a the way you have to do it. But it maybe will just help you hear somebody else do it. And then he'll help you and give you the words to say to come to him. But I believe it'll change your life the way it changed ours. So we're just going to go. A lot of times, most of the time, I put on some music like we're listening to now, some soaking music. I'll tag this one in. I'll tag this one in the uh, comments so they can have it. Great. It's on YouTube. And the reason I like instrumental soaking music is because um, it helps me not to think about the words that are being said. I can just think about him. Because when I come to him, I want to be focused on him. Have you ever talked to somebody that their attention is divided? And you're kind of like, listen, listen, focus on me, listen to me. Give me your undivided attention. Our, Our kids do it. A lot of times, and we sometimes have to grab their head and go, listen to me, look at me. Because you want them to hear what you're saying. And so I I just use the instrumental music, and it helps me. And, and sometimes I hear things in the music. Um, a little bit ago, we were just listening to this music, and Psalms 8 uh, came to me, and we just fellowshiped with that for a while and um, what does that mean what does fellowshipping mean I sang it back to him and um, you know sometimes I'll wake up with a song in the morning and I'm just hearing it over and over and over what is that he's wanting you to sing it back to him and a lot of times that's the way I start my day I hear a song, and sometimes it's a song I haven't thought about in years, and it's just as loud inside of me as if somebody was playing it on the radio, and I I know he, he's wanting me to sing that back to him. And so I do, and, and the more I sing it back to him, the more I know he's delighting in that, and he comes. And so, um... earlier we were just coming into his presence and I heard Psalms 8 and um, I heard myself sing it to him and it's the first time it ever happened 
And so I'm just going to do it now. And this is so for me, as we were beginning to pray uh, about this podcast, th- this is what happened. This is how I came to him. But it wasn't something I thought up. It, it, he, he dropped Psalms 8 in my spirit. I, I don't go around thinking about Psalms 8, even though it's wonderful. But um, So it was coming out of this music. And um, so bear with me, but this is, this is what it was. get it out of the translation that I I heard it out of one moment Psalm 100 verse 2 while you're looking it up says serve the Lord with gladness come before his presence with singing yes Serve Yahweh, the Roth translation, with rejoicing. Enter before him with shouts of triumph. He loves it. Come before his presence with songs of joy. That's what this is. It's a song of joy about the glory and whom, who we are in him. I'm going to sing it out of the New King James Version. And and, um, so it goes like this. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Who have said your glory above the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Oh, because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. And when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. Ah. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him, for you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And you have put all things under his feet and all the sheep and all the oxen even the beast of the field the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas O Lord I 
excellent is your name in all the earth. Thank you. Thank you for making us just a little lower. Thank you that you were so mindful of us that you gave us dominion. Thank you that you've given us your authority, that you've made us speaking spirits. Thank you for that. And I acknowledge that you are here right now. You are here with me, and I am here with you. We are here as one in perfect union. can come into your presence and speak with you. You love it when I come to you. You long to hear my voice. Creation talking back to the Creator. I love the way you love me For your perfect love Cast out all fear and You've given me A sound mind Depression has no place here in your love Thank you for your anointing. I thank you that you've given me a destiny. That you've called me. That you've given me a plan and a purpose. And not only that, but you told me I don't have to do it in my own strength. You left me with your peace, not my peace. You left me with your peace. Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, I love the way that you love me. I love the way you love me. You see me. You see me through your love. You see me through the blood of Jesus. You see me perfectly perfected, matured. Cause my eyes to see what you see. Cause my ears to hear what you hear when I speak to you. I love being able to come to you like this as a little child. That you accept me with simplicity. Thank you for that. I thank you that I can come to you and I can crawl up in your lap. And you surround me with your arms of love. I love our intimacy. I love our fellowship. I love our communion. 
You're never too busy for me. And I pray that I'm always mindful to come to you, just like today. In your word, it says the Holy Spirit teaches me all things, and I thank you right now that you're causing me to know what I don't know, that you're causing me to see what I need to see today. I thank you that your voice, I know your voice. You're always speaking to me. Thank you. Thank you for speaking to me today. Thank you for your wisdom. I thank you for your answers. Thank you for your protection today. Thank you for telling me not to go that way. You love me so much that even as I drive my car, you tell me, don't go that way today. Go a different way. You're always mindful of me. I'm always on your mind. I love that. You're on my mind, too. Thank you for receiving me just the way I am. Thank you for loving me. Excellent are your ways. Oh, how excellent are your ways in all the earth. music to play out just a little while longer and encourage you to commune with the Father. I also encourage you to do this every day. Like Brother Lawrence said, the first few times you have to do it on purpose. Then what happens is there creates an addiction (laughs) where you are not satisfied until your heart is communing with him 
all day, every day. Would you do us a favor? Would you please comment and rate and share this podcast? Because I know, without a shadow of a doubt, that his presence changes everything. And there are people who need to know how to cultivate the presence of God in their everyday life. Until then, this is Kylie and Shannon saying we'll see you next time.